You're listening to Pair of Programmers. I'm Christopher Wolf, And I'm John Fisher. In the show, we explore different topics that software developers encounter in their careers. The format of the show is that one of us researches a topic, and the other reacts with insights from their experience. Tweet us at Podcast to send us topics you'd like to hear discussed. This is part two from our previous episode on CSS. In this part, we're going to talk about the difference between CSS and extensions on top of that, like SCSS, SAS, and less. We'll talk about media queries, and we'll go into uh, Flexbox and grid layouts, and we'll talk a little bit about component libraries, and then we'll also just touch briefly on material design. Uh, let's, let's get into it. So um, let's talk about media queries. Um, so media queries let you capture, let you basically query um, what the display size of the viewport is on whatever device the person is using to look at your um, content. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can, have you, if you've ever noticed, Chris, you've, you've noticed, right, where you're looking at something on your phone and it, it's the same website when you look at it on your laptop looks different, right? Oh, yeah, much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, that is due to media queries, um, where uh, one common example of this is like menu items, where if you're on a laptop, mm-hmm. you have all of those menu items kind of laid out for you. Um, maybe mm-hmm. they're on like a left navigation bar or something or a top navigation bar. But when you're on your phone, that that's um, critical critical display area that you want to you know give to like the main portion of your page. So you collapse it all into like a a menu or what you call a hamburger icon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So so media queries basically just let you um, figure out what device the person is using. And they're they're done with uh, at sign. So you say, I think it's like at media um, and then max width of 600 pixels. Um, let's, Let's make sure this is right. To, um, so, Chris, does does that make sense? Am I missing anything there? Um, I don't think so. I think uh, you know we, you can go on to talk about any type of device. Like phone and laptop is definitely your primary example, but like tablets, um, tablets kind of used to be more popular. I think they're kind of dying in popularity since phones have gotten so big on their own <laughs> right but yeah. um you know people used to be crazy about tablets so you could uh have media queries for like this is how it should look on a phone this is how it should look on a tablet this is how it should look on a laptop yep you can even um go big you could say like this is how it's supposed to look on a 40k yep. television set if some for whatever reason someone's looking at your website in 40 and sorry in 4k yeah, no, I, I ran into this issue yesterday where I was, um, I'm building like a little mini website um, for myself as just a personal project right now. And I've been testing on my laptop and my phone. And then I went to go show my brother and he has this like giant uh, Apple display, um, which is just like this obnoxiously big um, um, monitor basically for, for Macs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. really, I shouldn't say obnoxious, it's really nice. Um 
but I have no such thing. (laughs) So I was like, hey, check out this cool website that I made. And it came up on his screen and it just looked, it didn't look awful, but there was just all this white space. And I was like, oh man, I, I, you know, didn't think that, uh, I didn't think that through. I didn't think the screen's got that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe you can ask him for a Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's, since we're talking about CSS, uh, you can specify things in M's or REMs or something like that instead E-M, of pixels. Yeah. EM, yeah. E-M, uh, yep. So you could say like padding, one EM, uh, font size, you know, 1.5 REM, uh, EM, you know, that sort of thing. So that I think the point of those is that it's supposed to scale to the display, like, uh, you know, sub, I guess the problem is these fancier displays that have like sub pixels. And so yeah. the browser thinks like, oh, those are actual pixels that I have to work with, but right. the sub pixels are really making yeah. like a bigger pixel. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm looking at, um, the different CSS units right now. And you're right, um, REM is a thing. It means relative to the root element. Um, EM Mm. means relative to the font size um, of that element. So REM basically ties it all the way back up to the top. EM just says, like, take whatever the context is that I'm local to right now and, you know, apply that. Nice. Yeah, there there is... So pixels is probably the most common. Um, It's really nice to use... Um, REM and EM for um, for things like really big devices or really small devices. For instance, I actually have a, a very tiny phone, um, and so the the text will display much smaller on my phone, which is fine because it's mm-hmm. usually like pretty near my face when I'm reading it. Um, but mm-hmm. if I were to look at text in like the same size that it would be on my laptop as as my phone, then I would, you know, very very small amount of content would show up. So yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, and then the other thing I have listed for media queries is printing. So printing is another sort of device that you might think of the printer being the device. Um, so you can say like, um, oh, I forget what it is, but you can have a media query for when the document is printing. And so like you mm. might not want to display the menu at all. You just want to display the the content of the page itself. And so mm-hmm. you can use media queries for that sort of thing. Nice. Okie doke. Um, next, we're going to talk about SAS and less. Um, for the most part, I've used SCSS. Chris, are, are you um, familiar with either one of these? Um, a little bit. So maybe to just kind of say what the point of these things are is that, like, for a sufficiently complex style sheet you might often find yourself repeating the same color the same hexadecimal color john was talking about earlier uh and so the nice thing about all these different options that we're going to talk about is that you can do variables to like just put your colors in variables and then reference those variables uh all over the place i personally haven't like used any of these but i know that that's kind of like the point of them yeah it goes back to the, you know, there's this common saying or acronym in um, any sort of software development, don't repeat yourself or keep it dry, D-R-Y. Um, 
So yeah, this is just one way to kind of like bring things together and make it more manageable and more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so SAS, S-A-S-S, and um, well, I'll just say S-C-S-S um, are not the same thing. So SAS is older um, and in my opinion, not used as often, but I, you know, I could be wrong about that. Um, but it SAS, uh, S-A-S-S, uh, just provides a more concise way of writing CSS or a more concise way of writing SCSS. So it's kind of like a, I guess, a superset or an alternative to um, SCSS or um, CSS, or alternatively also like a alternative to less, which we'll talk about uh, in a second. So both SCSS and less are kind of like, um, they need they need to go through pre-processing before the browser can read them because the browser understands CSS. It doesn't understand all these different crazy SAS, CSS, less things. Um, so the browser needs to read in CSS. And so you need to run each of these document types through a preprocessor um, before it can get there. And so SAS basically just says, don't worry about the um, brackets or the semicolons. Um, you can do any of the stuff that you can typically do in any of the other formats, whether it's CSS, na- native CSS, or SCSS, uh, or less. Um, but like, I'm going to minimize the boilerplate syntax of, of the curly brackets and the semicolons. And um, it also helps simplify things like pulling in variables and that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. So let's get to SCSS and less, um, the, the two most common extensions on top of CSS. I think in both cases, um, definitely for SCSS, every CSS file is a valid SCSS file. Um, so SCSS stands for Sassy CSS, which is very confusing because um, <laughs> Sassy is the... Sass is the... Anyways, whatever. Um, just <laughs> If you're confused about this, just Google difference between S-A-S-S and S-C-S-S on your own, and you'll just go down a rabbit hole that never ends and seems to loop back on itself. Um, Mm -hmm. But but, um, so SCSS lets you do things like variable declarations, uh, like Chris was talking about, um, provides you the ability to write mixins, um, which are basically just functions for CSS. Um, Say you want to provide some um, function that says like get... Uh, let's say get accent color and you provide um, this is common with material design which we'll talk about in a second um, say the the function is like get accent color and you provide to it like the basis the base color like the theme color um, then it's going to use your theme and like extract out the, the accent color that you've defined um, and then return that to you so um, if you hear the word mixins, think of it as like a function for CSS. Um, and then the other big thing um, that CSS and uh, less let you do is nesting. Mm-hmm. The ability to nest um, styles really reduces the amount of 
of code that you have to write and, and simplifies things a lot. Um, and if you want to, so basically an, an example of this would be um, P um, space per uh, curly brackets and then indented inside of that is div um, space curly brackets and then let's say um, color colon blue and that's going to change any well you really should I should have that flipped um, mm -hmm. but any any paragraphs within the div then if you flip that um, would have a uh, blue background yeah that nesting is definitely super helpful since you can't do that in regular CSS so you have to kind of repeat yourself a lot um, you know given your example like you'd have to make two separate rules instead of nesting them so if you can imagine if you have a lot of rules nesting would probably be easier for people to understand than yeah. seeing 30 rules <laughs> yeah definitely um okay so the difference between scss and less i'm honestly not all of that familiar with i've mostly used scss um i think they're essentially the same thing scss seems to be more popular and in both of these scenarios again um, it's a custom file format and for the browser to understand it you need to run it through a preprocessor um, to convert it into css before it gets included in your application mm. um okay Ooh, let's talk about layouts um before we talk about layout a yep. little bit i guess i haven't used the typical setup for a CSS or less. Um, but one library that we do use where I work is called Styled Components. Uh, we use React at uh, my workplace. And so Styled Components has been a pretty popular library lately for something called CSS and JS. Have you mm. heard of this? I haven't. So this is basically where the JavaScripts, you mix in you know, your styles alongside your JavaScript. I mean, that's basically a React concept. You know, they're not afraid to mix your markup and your JavaScript and your CSS all together in one I'll place. I'll say that drives me crazy. That drives me absolutely insane. <laughs> I hate that. But go ahead. Well, Styled Components makes it a little more manageable because you can put all your style rules kind of like up at the top of the document. And then, then you're just mixing your HTML and JavaScript instead of your HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it uses, I'm pretty sure it uses SAS, some sort of SAS processor, because you can do the nesting. Mm. Um, so I had a use case where I wasn't able to use styled components. And then I was getting, this was a completely like separate project, essentially. And I tried to write the nesting rules, and it wasn't working. And I was like, what the hell? I know this is valid. But turns out it's not valid CSS, uh, like you were saying. So... Just throwing that out there. CSS and JS is a pretty common thing we're seeing a lot with frameworks like React or Vue, uh, people trying to just do it all in JavaScript. Yeah, and so in React, the latest examples I've seen of React, I might be a little bit out of date on this, um, but you provide, like the attributes that you provide are, are not um, hyphen... Um, Cased. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, if you were to do, so <laughs> you you, yeah. you write them in camel case, and then like whatever framework you're using, you know, converts them or, or preprocesses them, right? Yeah, Re React knows how to convert the camel case to the hyphen case. Like, oh god, at, 
during at render time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Special thing, I guess, about React too. If people out there who are listening are going to use React, is uh, you can't say class equals. You have to say class name equals. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that's because ultimately, like this, the markup that you write in React is called JSX, and it's essentially sort of like native JavaScript, but within tags. And so that's why you can't use class because class is a reserved word in JavaScript. So part of their processing pipeline, like if you used class, it would be, you know, confused about what you're trying to do because class is a reserved word in JavaScript. So you have to use class name. Right. So yeah, all these like little gotchas come up uh, in React. <laughs> uh, but the but the point of styled components is you write just normal CSS or SCSS. You don't do the camel case uh, right. like React would have you do. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Angular, I've I've used both uh, React and Angular. Uh, my work uses Angular, um, and they they stick with more of they keep the. I guess you can do it both ways, um, but the more common way is to have the um, CSS or SCSS file separate, um, and you know you, there's no um, like attribute hyphen to camel case or camel case to hyphen conversion oh okay so um so angular doesn't have any like styling considerations basically you would still just make a separate file and import it or whatever yeah yep basically um the one thing they do kind of get into which i i had um the last time i tried to use it was on an angular 2 project and there were i think a number of issues that they ran into with um version 2 of Angular, and so they're on a different version now, um, and I've not had any similar issues. The one thing they do get into a little bit is encapsulation, which makes sense because that's kind of like part of um, the framework. And it, and mm -hmm. and this this is interesting, um, like encapsulation isn't really considered in css itself right like you just get the that's the whole point of css is cascading style sheets is that it just right. cascades mm -hmm. down yeah yeah that's definitely a good point and that's a benefit of these frameworks is they help you yeah like you're saying encapsulate the styling of the individual components yeah yeah um all right so let's get into the two most common layout i don't know what to call them like layout options um then those are grid and flexbox um, CSSTricks.com has some really good tutorials on both of these. Um, I'm probably more familiar with Flexbox, but over the past week I've been using Grid uh, for this project that I'm working on. And I think Grid is way more popular. I think it's a little bit newer. It allows you to think in like two dimensions, which makes sense because browsers are two dimensional. So that kind of makes sense. Um, but the way you define that you want to use a grid layout is uh, so you provide the display attribute and then colon grid. Other options for display are things like block, inline block, none, it basically hides it. And then an another option we'll talk about later is flexbox, or I'm sorry, display flex. Um, so for the grid layout, use display colon grid, uh, semicolon. So that does nothing in itself. Um, then you have to say, okay, I am thinking about things in a grid format, and so now I need to define my columns and my rows. So you say grid-template-columns, 
uh, colon, and then there are a number of different ways that you can specify this, but like the most basic example is um, like 20 pixels, space, auto, 60 pixels, colon. And that says, give me three columns, make the first column 20 pixels, um, the second column, like let that figure itself out um, afterwards. And the third column is 60 pixels. So that auto column, that second, basically takes up whatever space is remaining. So you have 20 on the left, 60 on the right, and then in the middle you have um, an expandable amount of um, space. Okay, so that's that's the most basic example. Mm -hmm. The most complicated example, I'll walk you through that in a minute, and then we'll kind of go through the nuance of what each of these things means. You could say uh, grid template columns colon repeat auto dash fill comma minmax 200 pixels comma 1fr um, and then close both of the parentheses so what does this mean um, the first parameter auto fill um, could also mm -hmm. be a number so you could say like repeat five and that means give me five of these things um, and then minmax says um, if i say minmax 200 pixels comma 1fr 200 is the minimum amount of uh, dimensions so in this case we're talking about columns so we're talking about width so min max um, parentheses 200 pixels comma 1fr 1fr is the max and that just means um i forget what it stands for but it's uh oh it's, it stands for fraction so it's um uh, like normalize everything and then give me one unit of whatever like the normal normalized content is um so in the in the first example or in another example if you have repeat five comma one fr that would say break it up into five separate columns and each of them have uh, oh okay this, the same amount of of width gotcha one fraction Makes sense. Um, and then the, so the first parameter autofill basically says, I, I don't really understand how the internals of this works, but it, it basically says like, <laughs> you figure it out on your own. Um, and I, I think kind of what goes into that is the content that you're trying to display as well as that second parameter. What, like we have minmax 200 comma 1fr. Um, if what you're trying to display is 600 pixels, um, and you only have one of those things, um, then the autofill is going to give you one column um, worth of one FR, uh, or like the you know the fractional unit. Gotcha. So does does that make sense? <laughs> I know that's a lot, but questions. Uh, I there? think it, the first example made more sense. So <laughs> the first example was twenty pixels auto, sixty pixels. So you get three yeah. columns, and the f middle column resizes itself based on how much screen is left yep so you're saying that the repeat for repeat the first number is how many things you want yep and then the second number is what size they should be yep so if it was repeat five comma 200 pixels you'd get five columns of 200 pixels each yep that's right okay gotcha and then there's some some magic that can make it yeah. more responsive i guess yeah yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it at that there's some magic that goes on <laughs> um, and so you can also, so we just talked about grid template columns, grid template rows has that exact same syntax. So you define your columns and your rows, and then you just let oh, the see. content populate itself.
Gotcha. So that's the grid itself. But then you can talk about, well, like, what about the, the items within the grid? Um, mm -hmm. So you can say, for instance, grid column colon three slash span two. It means for this element, whatever my selector has found, um, start it in the third column and span for two columns. So go from the third column through the end of the fourth column. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. So obviously grid dash row is the same thing. And then uh, grid dash column dash gap. I think this is really nice. Flexbox doesn't really have a way to define gaps, but grid dash column dash gap, five pixels means, or um, grid dash column dash gap colon one EM, for instance, like Chris was talking about, um, that lets you set the amount of space between um, your grid items, which I, I think that's mm -hmm. that's one of the major benefits of of grid compared to Flexbox. Mm -hmm. I think you can if you use Flexbox and you want to do that sort of thing, you basically just define padding or margins on your mm -hmm. elements. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, not not quite as nice. Yeah, I um can't say I am good at Flexbox. I know we haven't gotten into that yet, uh, but I have tried grid, and grid made more sense to me. Um, and I know you can also like name the cells or whatever within the grid. So you can say like, well, this first row is the header row. Right. You actually yep. do all this in CSS. And then the second row is the content row or whatever. Um, so I think that that is pretty nice as well. It makes the code easier to clean. Yep. Uh, easier to clean. <laughs> makes the code cleaner. Um, easier to understand. I think that the reason why it also makes more sense to me is... Before any of this was a thing, what you would have to do, you would either use a table, and by use I mean abuse, you would like make a three-column table and yeah. make it 100% width and you know make each of the cells 20% wide or whatever, right. and yep. do your layout that way. Or you could use like floats to like float your sidebar off to the right or off to the well, left or whatever. So that's really going back. I think there was an intermediate step um, using a, f a framework called Bootstrap, which we'll talk in a little bit. And they let you basically define columns and rows and like yeah. spans and stuff. Um, yeah, I think a lot of this is yeah inspired by some of the work that Bootstrap did, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suck at layout, so this is all really good information for me. <laughs> I apparently do too, because it's taken me forever and a day to figure out what's going on for this. You know, like coding out the actual logic of the app, I did it in like two days, and it was like pretty, pretty cool. I was like really happy with myself and, and pretty proud. And then I tried uh -huh. to get it to be mobile responsive, and that's taken up at least three. And it's like, bang for your buck. I mean, I guess it's important because you want everybody to have a good viewing experience. But it was yeah, just like, definitely. God, like, fucking, like, this thing worked on my laptop four days ago. Why am I still doing this? <laughs> right. Well, it's actually, that's a great point. Um, you know, a lot of companies are taking what's called a mobile-first approach. Yeah. And so their designs, they work on the mobile design first. You know, developers theoretically are supposed to work on the mobile experience first um i personally always start with the desktop experience but yeah i think that's supposed to be the paradigm we're all moving to but yeah. i'm not on that train yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I'm not on that train either. <laughs> um, so I, I would just say that Grid is great for static content and layout. Um, for instance, like the basic layout of your web page. Um, Flexbox, on the other hand, I think this is um, like if you have a one-dimensional list of things that you're trying to display, even if you want to display them within two dimensions, I think if you have like just a list of stuff that you want people to look at, and those items can be any size, um, any 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 width, any height, any you know anything, um, then I think Flexbox is a really powerful tool. The mm-hmm. Like, the one example that I could think of that just fit perfectly for this was Pinterest, right? So, um, I don't Mm -hmm. actually use Mm -hmm. Pinterest, but I've seen other people use it, and I I went to their website today just to check things out. And it's just, like, this stream of content that's endless, right? So, just, like, all these pictures, um, Mm -hmm. if you're on a smaller device, there'll be, like, individual pictures per single width. And if you're on a bigger device, you can see, like, rows and columns worth of stuff um and so this is like the perfect example of where flexbox would really shine ironic not ironically but interestingly i went to i checked out the um like the underlying html of pinterest and Mm -hmm. i couldn't find that they used either flexbox or grid so they they're like a big enough company that they might be doing something under the hood um Mm. and like i just can't see their actual um markup in that same way um but yeah i I was really expecting them to use flexbox and it didn't look like they did so that was interesting i'm not sure yeah i just suck at flexbox i don't get it (laughs) but (laughs) tell me tell me tell me how to do it and yeah so yeah let's walk through um similar to grid you do you would do display colon flex and that means that um like okay all the all the following display related attributes are in the context of a flex box um so display flex and then the next one is flex dash direction and you would say if i want my content to flow first in the row direction you would say flex direction colon row Um, the other options are column which would make it flow in column direction and then row dash row dash reverse or column dash reverse so basically if you want to display your list in reverse order you would do one of those um and now how this is why this is powerful is because there's also the option for flex wrap uh, and it defaults to no wrap but you can set flex wrap colon wrap um and that will say like okay even though i'm in a flex direction of row I can wrap mm-hmm. my content so that if my row overflows the viewport width, then I'm going to wrap down into the next, uh, I don't know if I would really call it the next row, um, mm-hmm. but like the, you know, the, yeah, the next row, essentially. <laughs> and then, and then um, there's also this option. I think Grid has something similar to this, but how you want to justify your content. Um, so like, if you have some leftover space, where does the white space go? Do you want it to, do you want to slam up all of your content towards the start? In which case, justify content would be flex start. Um, if you want it at the end, flex end. If you want it centered, it's centered. And if you want it, if you want to 
put the maximum amount of whites. If you want to dedicate, if you want to put all of the white space in the in between, um, then you would do justify dash content colon space dash between. Um, similarly, there's space dash around and space space dash evenly. Hmm. Um, then the last thing I would say is that let's say you want all of your content to be the same size, but if there's room to expand out and you don't want that white space, um, then you set two options um, here. Um, you can set flex basis, which is like the base amount of material that you want to um, give to any particular item. And then you say flex grow and the default is zero, which I don't totally understand. Um, but if all of your elements have a flex grow of one, that means they're all going to grow together. I think def I think if you say zero, it just doesn't grow at all. Um, but if all of them have one, and then you can specify another item, another flex item with a flex grow of two, and it will grow twice as much as one with a flex grow of one. And by grow, like, what does that mean? That the... Oh, like expand in the flex direction. Okay, so it would be like if you were doing row, it would be wider? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you have a flex direction row and you have flex grow of two for one of your elements, it's going to grow twice as much as, as another one. Gotcha. Okay. John, that sounds like a lot. I don't know that I'll be an expert in Flexbox <laughs> anytime soon. I would say it's just as easy to learn as, as grid. Yeah. All right, let's talk about frameworks. Um, so we already mentioned Bootstrap. Uh, just go over that pretty quick. That lets you um, define like columns and rows, um, basically like the layout that we were talking about before, um, like the kind of the groundwork for that. And then they also have a bunch of components that go along with it. These are things like alerts, um, which are just like elements with either blue background or red background or yellow background. Um, and then like matching text colors um, or cards or like navigation bars or modals, which are like pop-ups, um, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So that comes along with the bootstrap framework. Mm -hmm. That's less popular than it was five years ago. What's taken over since then, I think, has really been the um, material design concepts put out by Google. Um, and this, so I was pretty confused about this before I started doing the research and I, I really shouldn't have been because um, I've <laughs> I've used it and with I just kind of glazed over this point but material design doesn't provide you actual components um, that is mm -hmm. left up to the implementing libraries what mm -hmm. material design does do is give you I have written here that like Google took a step back and reanalyzed things um, and it thought about things like more academically and from a user's point of view. And so after that, it came up with some like base themes, um, which have like set colors and typographies. And then it lets you define your own um, customizable themes. But it, it does a good job of like for any component that you build with material design, um, it really specifies that like let's say like the user interaction matches what's actually happening um mm -hmm. on like the underlying 
you know, web content itself. So it focuses on like distinct colors, layers, and what they call sheets. Um, so it really tries to like make the user experience feel more accessible and separate. Like you should be able to tell easily what's going on just by looking at it and interacting with it. Mm-hmm. Colors are broken into primary, secondary, and accent. I think you can define your own colors as well, but like things like tertiary colors and stuff like that. It really focuses on users' gestures and encourages the developers to match the user interaction to what's actually displayed. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, and and um, just it does not, as far as I can tell, um, does not actually specify the implementation of the components. Um, that is left up to the developer. And examples of that are Angular Material, which I'm used to, um, and then there's Material UI, which is a like React's implementation of it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I think there's actually a bootstrap theme for looking like material design, I guess I would say at least. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a- another library or framework worth mentioning while we're here then talking about material design is Polymer. Um, so we could have a whole other episode about something called Web Components, which is kind of like the next era of the web potentially. Right. And so Polymer is Google's implementation of web components, um, and they do use the material design design language. Uh, So, and that gets kind of into what you were talking about with encapsulation of style. So in web components, you know, each component has its own style, and they use something called the shadow DOM to make sure that it's, like, actually impossible for components to influence each other's styles. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Which is a pretty nice setup. Uh, and so the, I think their vision for it eventually is that there's going to be this whole ecosystem of web components and what it looks like on one site is exactly what it would look like on another site, um, Mm. because the components itself defined its style instead of being told what its style is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I feel like that could probably be an episode on its own. Yeah. Web components for for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all I had. Cool. Yeah, no, that was great, man. Um, Yeah, I think I learned a lot definitely about layout, which I really needed because I can't abuse tables anymore in 2020. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. See ya.